Tuesday, December 21st, New York City. Andre Bogoslavsky sitting in his shed in the backyard. Freezing cold. How you doing, Buddha? I'm so cold, so cold. Can I have a stinky stick? Don't worry about stinky stinky. You know, I'm choking from those stinky sticks with all these allergies. This episode is about the importance of creating your own mythology, your own legend about your imagination, about your principles and beliefs. I got this idea about 25 years ago when I got introduced to Joseph Campbell. Joseph Campbell was American anthropologist who studied and analyzed cultural trends in human societies all over the world. And he came out with with very important conclusions. Basically, his recommendation is create your own uh, mythology. Yes, create your own legends. Because uh, you have to you have to divide, diversify the world of legends. You have to realize what is a fairy tale, which is supposed to inspire you, make you get off the couch and go do big stuff, and what is what is real fact. So uh, very often the inspiration for mythology are actual facts, are actual living people. We presume there was a guy named Achilles who was killing people left and right, like three guys a day. We presume there was a girl named Helen who was so beautiful, and she ran off with a younger man whose name was Paris, in other words, Alexander, back to Turkey, from Greece to Turkey. She was a Spartan princess. She got married to a brother of my Mycenaean king, and she had a child. And when Paris came to visit Mycenae for 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 diplomatic mission to talk about trade and and peace and war, uh, the the king was not there. Her husband went to Crete for burial funeral of the family member, and Paris just was so attracted to this beautiful woman, and uh, he either abducted her or she ran off. So maybe it's all true, but it's the 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 the. the the filthy story about Trojan War is no different than any political and sex scandal of today's world, okay? It's just, as a poet, as a person of imagination, uh, it took this story, perhaps of real life, and made it into an epic, epic text, epic story that is so inspiring. And we call it as... as, as uh, Iliad, and and then the second book is uh, Odysseus Travels Odyssey, right? So <clears throat> these two texts survived for over 2,000 years. Of course, first for couple hundred years, they were told orally. Believe it or not, yes, you can remember hundreds of pages of poetry. I personally still remember poetry from my third grade when I was nine years old. It's 10 pages long. It's it's a poem called Borodino about the great battle between the French and the Russians before French invaded Moscow in 1812. You know, Napoleon army, Russians took a big battle and they won the battle, but they still surrendered Moscow in the wintertime. And when the French came into 
Moscow, there was no food and the whole French army just died out and they started running back to France and Napoleon himself, you know, had no food and had to run back to France. So Napoleon's victory over taking over Moscow was not a big deal. Going back to your own mythology, you as a creative person or anybody with a little bit of imagination needs to to divide, draw a line between a fairy tale and a fact. Let's take a fact about life on, on planet Earth. You know, viruses and bacteria has been around before multicellular organisms. You know that, right? You studied genetics and you studied biology in school and you know that viruses and bacteria were on planet Earth four billion years ago. And it took a big leap of faith when virus invaded bacteria and created mitochondrial uh, 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 the, uh, the center of the cell. So the cell, the living cell of your body, the, what is your body made out of cells, it has two DNAs. It has the mitochondrial DNA inside the, the, the heart of the cell and then the, the, the other space. You understand? So the, the cell we know today is so complex, like a big factory of life, was created by a, a marriage between a virus and bacteria. You understand? So now we have pandemic. Now we're fighting, um, what do you call it, COVID viruses. But within you, there are over 100 viruses. Oh, my God. And these are facts of biological life on planet Earth. Viruses were the engine of evolution on planet Earth. Climate and viruses spin off evolution in every species we know. Not only human beings, but, but all the species. And these are facts, undeniable facts. This is not a legend. This is not a mythology. This podcast, this episode, I would like to talk about mythology. Just in the past few days, I had an opportunity to listen to lecture on YouTube by a professor of Harvard who was very detailed about ancient um, primordial original uh, Egyptian mythology and religion. And oh my God, I knew a lot about the uh, uh, Egyptian Book of the Dead and I read it and analyzed it in the past 20 years. There is a book of Ani, beautiful, beautiful roll, manuscript from, it's in British Museum, uh, how do you call it, National Gallery. And it was purchased in the 19th century by a British guy and smuggled, smuggled to England. So right now it's on display in, in London. I've seen it. And, and no, I don't, I don't believe I've seen it when I was in London. The point I'm trying to make, Egyptians who came to Nile Delta from Sahara Desert, okay, the, the, the earth started warming up and Sahara started drying up. It was savanna 10,000 years ago, but in a period of 2,000 years, it started drying up, animals were dying. They didn't have agriculture in, in, in Sahara. Uh, so they, they, they had agriculture 10,000 years ago, 9,000 years ago in Levant, where we have Syria, Lebanon, Israel now, Jordan. They did. They, they were eating grass, basically, and they were very happy about it. But in, 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 in Sahara, they were, they were herding uh, antelopes, cows, whatever they could catch, not necessarily hunting and killing, but they, were, they already had cows. They were milking. I'm not sure about milking. 
So, so when the Sahara started drying up, all these people from Sahara started moving east towards Nile. And with them, 3000 BCE, I mean 8000 BCE, they brought those beliefs and they started creating an official religion. Because when you have a big group of people, you better make them believe into one thing, something. So they have this unity of faith. So the whole village is not divided into what I believe, you don't believe. So we're not divided. So we, we, we all believe into one deity. And they created this very bizarre, so bizarre mythology. For example, the... The the Isis, the Aphrodite, the female part of the universe, her name was Isis, okay? And she married her brother, basically. And his name was Osiris, right? And there was another guy who was a brother of Os- uh, Osiris, and he cut him up twice. And after he cut him up and threw away for the second time, Isis found the pieces of cut of body and assembled them and mummified them. But she couldn't find his uh, genitalia because his genitalia were eaten by fish. So she made genitalia so goes the mythology, the religion. This is official a- ancient Egyptian religion I'm telling you about, okay? I'm actually reading, I'm repeating what I heard two days ago. So Isis created his genitalia out of clay and linen cloth and before mummifying him. And then she sat on top, and there are the sculptures of Osiris lying flat, dead, mummified, uh, and then the 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 eagle the hawk is sitting on top of him and she copulated and tried to reproduce with with dead mummified brother husband with penis made out of clay and linen cloth isn't this fucking crazy i mean we're talking about really crazy shit so no matter what you can think of in your imagination, will barely, barely match what people could think of 10,000 years ago. Oh, my God. There were crazy people always on planet Earth. Whatever was a norm 10,000, 5,000 BCE, it became later abnormal. And now we are exploring human normality again because the world is opening up. It becomes international. We have this world internet connection. Our minds are open. The information resources available for average human being via internet are infinite, infinite. You can type in anything into Google and you have it in a second. So what I'm trying to tell you, the opportunities for your imagination to explore your own imagination and create your own mythology for the purpose of of being creative. Whatever discipline you're in, whether you're a farmer, mechanic, computer uh, programmer, or just a businessman, imagination always gives you this angle of opportunities to think about things of something that other people didn't think of it. You understand? Small improvements you can make to the nature of the business you are involved can give you a huge heads up than your competition. 
This is what I'm talking about. If you repaint this thing from white to red, you will get more customers. 10%, 20% more customers over a period of three years, you will build an empire and your competitors will lose the marketplace. Period. You understand? Why did you think about, about repainting in, into red? Because Andre told you, go crazy. So you went crazy. You crossed the line. You, you exuberantly put your imagination to work. And these are the results. Success. This is why we need each individual create his own fantasies. You don't have to share them. No. I mean, I recommend you write them down. You can dictate and the typing software will, will type it up. You can store it somewhere for prosperity, for instance. And you don't have to read it 10 years. Nobody's going to read this shit 10 years later, 100 years. No. No, don't try to be a writer for the public and make money with publishing books. Forget about this shit. Do it for your own self-development, spiritual development, but more than that, imagination development. You know, when I came up with an idea of human experimentations, genetic experimentations with human DNA and cactuses in 2007, and I started evolving my cactus paintings into cactuses that look like uh, not just penises as they originally look like, and this is why this series sold out over 60 paintings without any uh, art gallery show. You know, people were just snapping the paintings right out of the studio before the paint dries. I didn't realize that. But then <coughs> when my collectors told me they look like penises, this is why people buy them, I started developing cactuses that look like human faces, and I created this whole civilization of planet Cactusia. Okay? So my fantasy took me to this space that I never been before and I and I wrote a lot about it and I posted as comments under my paintings in my commercial gallery called sachar.com Currently, I have over 300 paintings, but only 50 of them or maybe even less available for sale. Sacha should throw me out, in my opinion, because I neglected the, the, the offers people give for my paintings for the past three years. I simply show a finger to Sacha, and they, but they love me. You know, they, they, they made a lot of money with my paintings in the past 12 years, so they don't want to throw me out. But <clears throat> I need to refresh my portfolio on Sacha because it's a very professional art gallery on the Internet. They sell hundreds of paintings every day. So I should respect them for what they are, but I barely have any respect for authority or any commercial entity. It doesn't matter. What I'm trying to say, go back to your own mind, to your own infinity, and create your imagination. You're welcome to share it with people, or you can put it aside, put it in a box, and as years go by, you will realize that crazy thing you, you just were thinking and writing about was not crazy at all. That was a good idea. This is what I'm talking about.